0: How do you start an affiliate website in 2023 that actually makes money? And we're not just talking about a little bit of money, right? We're talking about actual life-changing money, money that can pay bills, money that might even allow you the opportunity to say um, you're fired to your boss, you know? That's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, We're gonna break it down. Even though there's like a million steps you really have to consider, there's really only four essential steps that you need. And we're gonna break those down when it comes to starting a blog. This is gonna work for you even if you were a complete beginner and have no idea what you're doing. Let's go ahead and jump in. What is up? My name is Chris and welcome to episode 91 of the Blogger Evolution. Here we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. And if you want help to build your passive side hustle business to over $100,000 in revenue, even as a complete beginner, I definitely recommend you check out my premium community over at oneblogaway.co. That's oneblogaway.co. There'll be a link down in the show notes. We've actually had quite a few people join within the last few weeks, which is really exciting and uh, getting some real help. You know, being able to work one-on-one with each other, being able to work one-on-one with me, Um, People are getting some real good value out of it. So I definitely recommend if your goal at all is to make money with your website, with your affiliate blog, then you need to go check out oneblogaway.co. Now let's go ahead and get into this episode. So there's four things that you need if you want to really take this affiliate marketing blogging business to the next level. If you're just out there just writing blog posts just to write blog posts, then chances are you're probably finding yourself doing a lot of work and not getting a lot back from it. But let's figure out what the issues could be. So number one, the first step that you need to do is you need to choose a niche or an interest something that you happen to be interested in. Now, this doesn't have to be complicated. I've worked with quite a few people, and a lot of people make this very, very complicated. Even though choosing a niche is super important and can make the difference between whether or not you make money or not in a specific time frame, it's almost better just to choose a niche and go with it so that you can get some type of experience with it as well. Now, one thing that I've seen a lot of people struggle with and I struggle with myself, to be honest, uh, even to this day, but that's imposter syndrome. That's where it, you don't feel like you're qualified to really say anything about anything or any particular subject. But let me give you an example. There was once a guy named Frank Abignell. He's from that, uh, the movie Catch Me If You Can was based on his life, where he was uh, just masquerading as different types of people because he was a con man. you know, He was a liar, right? And one of the things he did was he would uh, pretend to be like an airplane pilot and a doctor and a professor. And he was doing all of this while he was evading the FBI, which is pretty interesting that he can do that in the first place. But after he was finally caught, after years and years and years have gone by, he was finally caught by the FBI. They asked him a couple of interesting questions. Now, one of those questions was, hey, we understand how you faked this. We understand how you faked that. But you were an advanced sociology professor for an entire semester at a college. How did you fake so many people, so many students to think that you actually were, you know, an educated on, you know, on sociology enough to so that you can teach them? And Frank had a very interesting comeback. He said, well, I got the book that everyone was studying. And I would just stay one chapter ahead of everybody else. And that's pretty powerful, okay? And that's what really can bite imposter syndrome in the butt, right? Because it shows you that you don't have to be on a scale of one to 10, you know, where 10 is like, you know, Tiger Woods in his prime, Michael Jordan in his prime. And then one would be somebody who's barely interested in golf or any sports at all, right? You don't have to be a 10 because rarely do the 10s want to teach anybody else because they're so focused on being a 10 you just have to be a four maybe even a five that's somebody who just has a little bit more interest in it somebody who actually enjoys it enjoys learning probably is already in the youtube channels the uh, reddit groups the forums you know got the apps they buy the products just to do it for their own because they enjoy doing it But then they don't mind, you know, telling a friend, you know, this is how you can get into it if you're really interested. That's where we want to be. You want to be in that space where we don't have to be the expert. We just have to be a little bit further along than the people that we are trying to train and trying to help. That doesn't mean that we don't need experience. But if we've done the research, then we already know what best practices would be in that particular space. So this lends to when it comes to choosing an interest that you have to choose something that you like, something that you like doing, enjoy doing, don't mind doing to where it doesn't even seem like it's work because you'd probably be doing it anyway. So don't be an expert. You don't have to be an expert. In fact, on most of my blogs, on my about me page, I usually say, hey, I'm not an expert. I'm just an enthusiast. So I never claim to be an expert. And that right there gives me A little bit of latitude to be able to perhaps be wrong about something, right, or have a strong opinion on something, and not have to feel like, oh, well, you are a lettered expert in this, and I can't believe that you said that. That's not the case because I never claim to be an expert. Now there is a thing out there that's called Eat, um, where it's E E A T, where Google is trying its best to figure out that you are who you say you are. As long as you say that, hey, I'm just, you know, an enthusiast. I enjoy this stuff. You don't have to be an expert. That's good enough in 99% of niches. I'm just going to be honest. There's a lot of other niches where that's super duper helpful. Don't get me wrong. We talked about that in an episode with um, Kyle Roof when it comes to eating, You know, making sure that you have the right eats on your website. But again, for most niches out there, I like to do hobby niches. You know, I like to jump into things that I just enjoy doing. It doesn't always have to be, you know, these ridiculous, you know, VPN niche, make money online, all uh, uh, medical type things. I stay away from those. Not to say that you can't have success in it, but I just stay away from those. Well, what things do you in, like enjoy doing because you don't have to fight with other SEOs as you were trying to create the content online? So just to kind of put a little bow on this, what's the best way that we can go out there to find a niche or an interest for us? Well, think about your favorite things to do actually sit down with a piece of paper and write down, you know, 10 things that you enjoy doing. Now, you'd be surprised. Sometimes I talk to people and they can't even do that, which is which is fine. But what it is, you just don't see what you don't see because you're in it every day. It's hard to take a an overall view of what's going on. So I want you to go a little extra. Go to your search history. If you use Google, if you use TikTok for search, I don't know, whatever you're using for search, it doesn't even matter, but look at your search history and what kinds of things have you been looking at? What types of interests have you been on and watching and enjoying? What's your YouTube view history? What's your podcast listen history? What it is that you are really interested in and start thinking about those as individual niches and write them down on a piece of paper. Once you have your list of 10, then go back and really start pruning out the ones that you like, but maybe you're not in love with. Whittle it down all the way to about five. Once you've whittled it to five, then whittle it to two. And once you've got the two, pick the best one on the planet. Now, here's the trick too. Once you've picked the one that you really, really like and enjoy, you need to stick with it. You need to stick with it, even if it seems tough. Okay, Um, as long as you are having good progress with what you can control, including uh, uh, just creating the website, creating the content, all of this fun stuff. Just keep doing that. And regardless of what the niche is, because if you end up starting over after you are five, six months into it, you're just resetting the clock. Right. You're just resetting the clock and you have to start from ground zero again. So it's best to really just stick with a niche for at least a little while. I would say 50 to 100 articles and then decide if you want to continue with it or go on somewhere else. So that's number one. You need to choose an interest. The next thing is to build a website. Now, it's building a website might seem daunting and don't 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 jump on me. You know, but the beautiful part about what we do nowadays in 2023 is that building a website is not as difficult as it used to be. There's no coding involved. You don't need to learn any HTML. You know, you don't have to do anything like that. Most websites are pretty pre-made easy and can be put together in like 30 seconds. But it's the foundation of your business. The actual, it's, it's the bedrock of what your entire business is going to stand on. And one thing you have to do is you can't go with Wix or Squarespace. I'm sorry. You can't. Okay. I'll be honest. You can, but I wouldn't recommend it. And here's a big reason for that. Wix and Squarespace and all of these places, they are excellent if your business needs a website. So if you're a plumber, you know, if you are uh, a massage therapist, if you are whatever it happens to be, Right. If your business needs a website, those services such as Wix and Squarespace, and I can't think of any others, but those are the best ones, right? Or the more popular ones, I should say. Uh, Those are the ones that you would want to use. However, with us, we're building niche websites. We're building blogs. We're building businesses online. Since it's the foundation of our business, it's not that, you know, just like with Wix or Squarespace that our business needs a website. The thing is, our business is our website. And because of that, you need some type of more solid foundation and manageability that those services like Wix and Squarespace are not going to give you. They're not going to give you those things because as your site grows, trying to get stuff off of those places and then back onto yours is going to be kind of tough if you try to do it on your own, like going with a self-hosted versus doing self-hosted from the very beginning. Let me tell you how powerful it is to have your own website. When I was still working my corporate nine to five, one thing that um, was always fun is uh, on Wednesdays next, on a, at a park next to us would be a long line of food trucks because I worked downtown. Everybody was there. So it was a great spot to be in. So, you know, it was lunchtime. I went lunch a little early and was able to walk down there with a friend. And there was this place that had these amazing cheese sandwiches. I know you might be thinking it's cheese sandwich that's that's nothing but I mean, what these were amazing cheese sandwiches these weren't your average you know your grandfather's cheese sandwiches these were like meals <laughs> these were hearty you know it was really good and it was it was very tasty and I had a taste for it so we walked down and we walked up to the, the amazing cheese sandwiches truck and there was nobody in there and uh, we're looking around and the window was open but there was nobody there but I'm I'm hungry, right? So I'm just saying, okay, well, I'm getting something now. So then I walked over and ended up ha- having to go to one of their competitors next door, which happened to be like a barbecue place, right? So we went and got the barbecue. As we were walking back, there was somebody there again. Like, Oh, well, there they are. But at that point, I had already made the purchase, already made my decision and changed my mind. And now I was eating barbecue. So what's the lesson there? The thing is, with a website, a website is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We don't have the luxury of having someone walk up to our business and it not being there. And that's a big difference between when you work a nine to five job versus if, if you don't. Because working a nine to five job, your earning potential is only restricted to those eight hours, even though you might be gone for 10 or 12 or 15. Trust me, I know. When you are working that time, that's only so much money that you make in a certain period of time. But if you had a resource like a website that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, no matter when somebody walks up, they can consume your content. And when people consume your content, they click on your affiliate links, they click on your affiliate links, and then you make money when they make a purchase. So it has to be the foundation of your business. You have to be available I physically can't be available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No one can, but our websites, they can, but we have to build them to get going. So how do you build a website? Well, first of all, just don't skimp, all right? Just because something is cheap doesn't mean it's the best option. And some of these places do outstanding marketing, outstanding marketing. Uh, And because of that, they take advantage of a lot of people who are just getting in the space. We're talking about paying $2 a month for hosting. In this industry, nine times out of 10, you get what you pay for. So if something is super cheap, it's probably super cheap for a reason. So one of my favorite places to go to get hosting for my website so I can host my website myself is WPX Hosting. In fact, I definitely recommend you check out WPX Hosting. We are an affiliate of theirs. Um, If you do um, use my promo code BBP for Blog Builder Pro at checkout, you'll get 50% off your first month of using WPX Hosting. So check it out. I'll be sure to leave a link down in the show notes as well if you want to check WPX Hosting out. But it's an amazing, amazing platform. I host the majority of my websites there. The next thing that you want to do is use WordPress. And we're not talking about wordpress.com. We're talking about wordpress.org, okay? So a lot of people get those two confused, to be honest. I don't know why they're so together anyways. But um, we don't want to build a blog on WordPress's, you know, system. We want to build a blog on our self-hosted WordPress system that's hosted at a place like WPX Hosting, right? So that's what WordPress.org is. If you go to WPX or a lot of these different self-hosted places, then they're going to have pretty much a one-click install of WordPress for you. It takes literally like five minutes to set it up and you just have to press a button and just watch it happen in the background. Okay. Once you've done that, you also have to now buy a domain name. Now you can buy a domain name in a million different places. You can buy one over at WPX, but the place I like to use is called namecheap.com. You can get uh, domains there for like eight or nine bucks. Nothing beats that, right? I mean, it's, it's very, very good. So you have to do, you have to go through your process and buy a domain name. Once you've done all of that, your website is actually live and online. You know, your WordPress site is live and online and you can do all of that literally in 15 minutes. You know, you do have to set it up and know what you're going for, obviously know what you want to go with for hosting, um, what you want your domain name to be. But you can do all of this and have it set up literally within minutes. That's how you set up your website. Now we've talked about uh, choosing an interest and building a website. Now we need to attract visitors. Now, I don't know if you remember the ice cream man. You know, remember how he would drive through the neighborhood. But what did he do while he was driving through the neighborhood? He wasn't just silently just kind of going down the street, going up and down the neighborhood, you know, trying to see. Hopefully people would see him. What did he do? He played music. Very, you know, piano type music that would I think it's like the entertainer. Right. So they would play these uh, piano music that would draw. Children and adults. Right. You're sitting in your house, you're watching TV, you're working on a computer, you're doing whatever. And then you hear the ice cream man coming. And what does that do? All of a sudden, people are flocking outside of the house to go catch the ice cream man. You know, he's driving like two miles an hour down the street just so that he can be caught. And when you see someone coming up, hey, what's up? You know, you give him some ice cream and, what, and, and whatnot. So the ice cream man was attracting visitors to his business simply by driving down the street and playing his whistle or playing his music. So that's what we need to do. We need to find a way to attract visitors to our website. But you know what our whistle is, or at least in my opinion, what it should be? Google search engine optimization. This is free traffic that we can get from a place that has over four, that has around four billion active users per month. Google SEO is quite possibly one of the best ways to get people to your Website, it's consistent. It works. It has its ups and downs. Don't get me wrong, but overall, over the course of time, it outperforms almost any other type of uh, way to attract visitors. Whether you're paying for ads or yada yada yada, because it's consistent and it's hands off. That's what we want. We want consistent and hands off because we don't want to work on our businesses more. You know, we do what we can with them, but for the most part, we want to try and have it as standoffish as possible. That way it can work without us being there and we can go work on something else or do something else that we want to do. So how do we learn the skill of driving traffic using Google SEO? Well, I like to work backwards. First of all, find the way that we're going to monetize the site, whether it's with affiliate marketing, whether it's with uh, buying or whether it's getting leads, and being able to, you know, use those leads for whatever, such as promoting your own products, promoting someone else's product or whatever. But for the most part, I like affiliate marketing. If that's going to be the way that we are going to be getting people to our website, then we need to start creating content around that concept so that we can maximize the amount of money that we make. So, how do we structure a website or a web page to get the most out of our SEO efforts? Well, number one, find first of all, we got to find a keyword that we, that we can rank for. Can't just be any keyword. It can't just be. It's got to be a word that people are actually looking for. Once you have found that keyword, you've done keyword research. By the way, if you want help to do keyword research, go check out oneblogaway.co. Um, we have plenty of help there on how to do keyword research. But once you have uh, done the keyword research and you found a keyword that you have an opportunity to rank for, that you've determined. Now, there's a few places you need to put that keyword on your page so that you can maximize the opportunity that you have to hopefully rank number one for it. Number one, you need to put that keyword in the title of the article. Try to front load it if you can. And when I say front load it, I mean put that keyword in the front of the title. That way, it's right there to the point. Uh, It's very simple for people to see. When they Google it, they're going to look at it and be like, boom, it's there. After you put your keyword in the title, you want to also put it in the URL or the URL, however you want to call it. That's just the website itself. So yourwebsite.com slash the keyword. Once you want to put that keyword in the URL itself, this is another good indication to Google that they know what this website is about. Then you want to put your keyword in the meta description. So a meta description is just a short little uh piece that Google that you can tell Google to show exactly a little summary of what your blog post is about. Now, if you're using WordPress, one of my favorite ways to add meta descriptions is by using the Rank Math SEO plugin. It makes it very simple. It's at the bottom of every one of your posts. You put it in the meta description, include your keyword in that meta description. Then in the first 100 words of your article, in the first 100 words of your article, that's where you want to put the keyword. After you've put in the first 100 words, now just use it naturally throughout the rest of the article. There's no keyword density, you know. That's a big word, I know, but it's like it's. You don't have to say, "Okay, I've written a thousand posts. I've used it three times. I've used it five times." You don't have to worry about all of that. Just use it naturally throughout the rest of the article, as long as it makes sense as you're writing the article itself. Use different variations of the keyword to give Google a further understanding of the what, what the article is about. And they can understand that, OK, you're talking about this and not that. Right. So just a quick review. Include your keyword in the title of your article. Put it in the URL of the article. Include it in the meta description the first 100 words, and then naturally throughout the rest of the article. If you do that, your on-page SEO is 75% done. That's pretty much all you, that, those are some of the biggest factors that are involved in Google understanding what your site is about. And that is how you attract visitors. So once we've attracted visitors to our website, now we need to earn revenue. This is the best part, earning the revenue on our sites. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. When we were uh, recently, when the Mario movie had just come out recently and we all went to go see that. Hopefully you went to go see it. It was actually a pretty good movie. But um, my wife was able to find a puzzle, a 500 piece puzzle, I believe, of the little mushroom guy, right? Toad in the the movie. And um, that 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 uh, puzzle took us a while to put together. Um, as a family. In fact, Benji kind of gave up halfway through. <laughs> but, you know, uh, we have, you know, we're to have the personality types. So we're like, we're going to finish this. So um, we were on this big table and we were putting the puzzle together. Um, but before you can sit back and just enjoy the finished puzzle, you have to put the puzzle pieces together. Now, I know that sounds simply uh, simplistic, but it's the truth. You got to put the pieces together. And in this particular puzzle, there were parts where it was like one solid color. And if you ever put a puzzle together, you understand that that's tough because there's nothing differentiating the pieces. It's just now you just got to put a piece here, see if it works. If it doesn't fit, you put a piece in another spot. If that doesn't work, you put a piece there and you just keep testing it until you find the right pieces and you get that perfect fit. Well, that's what earning revenue on our website is like. Once you put our website together, we need to make sure that we can maximize the amount of money we can make from it by getting people to it. And it's not going to always be a perfect fit. Sometimes we're going to find affiliate programs and we're going to shoot them to our audience and say, hey, what do you think it is? And crickets. But you know what? We get that puzzle piece and we try it in another spot. Or maybe go find a totally different puzzle piece, a totally different affiliate program, and then test it against that audience and see if it works. It might be tough. In fact, it will be tough. However, once you find the right piece and you get that perfect fit, you just print money at that point. Now, the best way that I've um, enjoyed learning when it comes to creating and earning revenue is with affiliate marketing. Now, affiliate marketing, just put simply, I know we've talked about it just a a tad in this episode, but just to make sure we're all on the same page, it's being able to partner with other companies and promote their products. And then you get a commission if you produce a sale. You can partner with some of the biggest companies in the world, including Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, Uh, almost any website that you go to, you just scroll down to the bottom and there's going to be an affiliate program, partner program. And even if they don't, don't, sorry, even if you don't see, a link like that at the bottom of a page, you can simply just reach out to them and just say, Hey, I like your product, I'd like to promote it. What can you do for me? You know, that's what you would want to do with affiliate marketing. But here's a ninja trick to it. Don't just depend on places like Amazon, Best Buy, Walmart, Target. Those are great places. But some of the best affiliate programs are created directly with companies. So go out to a company and just talk to them. See if you see if they would even perhaps make you a brand ambassador, right? If you have an audience of people on your website, you can just say, hey, we're going to be the official people for this product. And we want and uh, here, why don't you go buy it? And then you're going to be able to get commissions from that. So reach out to brands and create a real relationship with people. Don't just. You know, send an email and if you don't get a response or you apply to the affiliate program and maybe you get a, a a response that's not favorable. Um, that doesn't mean give up. Reach back out, say, Hey, what can I do to get approved by your program? Um, I really, you know, like to do it. Try to create a relationship with these affiliate managers. Now remember, you know, this whole process is not get rich quick. All right. It works, you know, decently fast in the grand scheme of things, if you really think about it, but after a large majority of the work is done and building up your website and finding the affiliate programs, getting um, uh, traffic to these websites, at that point, you're kind of just maintaining. It's just like building a house. And now you got to go change the, the knob, you know, clean out the gutters, fix the window, stuff like that. And you're just collecting revenue. So i'll give you an example um, i have one site that i've probably worked on for barely one hour a month i might just log in just to update the plugins or something and the site consistently makes 400 bucks a month and i haven't really touched it at all you know it's just you know but imagine if you were able to do that 10 times you know all of a sudden you got a pretty good income coming in so uh it doesn't take a lot um it's a it's a lot in terms of setting things up but once it's done the work is done. The puzzle is put together and you can now just enjoy what it looks like. Now, putting a website together can be overwhelming, but let's just review what we have to do. Choose an interest or a niche, build a website, attract visitors, and then earn revenue to that site. And if you need any help with that, I definitely recommend you go check out the training and the amazing community we have over at oneblogaway.co. There we break down everything that we talked about today, but in bite-sized chunks so that even a beginner can do it. So check it out over at oneblogaway.co. And I'll see you in the next episode.